Boyle Sports has it all. Money back meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and money back all losers offers. And a bet 10, get 20 welcome offer. Boyle Sports, this is betting. Welcome to this week's episode of Off The Fence. This is, of course, your go-to digital jumps program, giving you the rundown week in, week out, from now until the spring festivals. And we are working in association with Boyle Sports, which is absolutely brilliant news. Plenty of offers coming your way, so do stay tuned for that. And before I introduce the boys, as always, please hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. That way you won't miss a single episode of Off The Fence and it is absolutely essential viewing. Thank you as always for watching. So here we go, season three, episode three, I think we're on now, episode four maybe even. And as always, I'm joined by Barry Geraghty and Tony Keenan. Quick intros, because we've got so much good racing to cover from the weekend just gone. Barry, how are you? Straight off the back of Fairy House. Yeah, brilliant days racing, so lots to discuss, Vanessa. Terrific. And Tony, did you go to Fairy House today? No, I um, <laughs> I was tossing whether to go to Navin last week or Fairy House today, so I went to Navin, and looking at Barry on TV today, I was quite happy with my choice. He looked like he needed the gloves he had on and maybe a few other layers. It, it looked The racing was absolutely brilliant, but I think the weather was pretty grim. Jesus, Barry, did the gloves go on? Because I remember seeing you at Leopardstown once and everybody else on that show had gloves on, but you did not. And I thought, he's a hardy man, that Barry Garrity. Did they go on today? Yeah, I must be getting soft, Vanessa. Hanging around with you other media journalists type too much. <laughs> too long retired, that's the problem here. So going into whatever year it is now of retirement, you've just gone soft. Um, Let's crack straight on with our what happened where section because as I've said, it was a terrific weekend of racing and we've got loads of the good performances to dissect and some of the surprises too. And we're going to start with one of those because of course in the Hatton's Grace, Honeysuckle loses her unbeaten record, finishes third in the race that she's won so often before, beaten by Tiapu as the winner and of course Classical Dream in second. Uh, Barry, we're going to kick off with you here. What did you make of it and how come she got beat? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, and Ferius was jammed, but everyone was there to see Honey Suckle and, and presume she was going to win. Now, she did face her stiffest challenge in the race with Classical Dream and he was stepping back to two and a half mile when being questionable whether he actually got the three mile trip so well in Cheltenham. So he, she did have a tough task on her hand there, but we all expect her to come through. But it, it turned out to be a brilliant race. Um, and then Tia Poo, who was the horse who promised last season in the Red Mills as a five-year-old, but then disappeared in both the champion hurdle and Punchstone afterwards. But the three of those turned in and they squared up over the last and the mare came out worse. Now she was only beaten three lengths and Tia Poo put in a brilliant performance to beat Classical Dream. Um, would you write Honeysuckle off on that? I don't think so. Um, I think if the three of those lined up in the champion hurdle next March, I'd have my money on Honeysuckle to beat. Tia Poo and Classical Dream. I'd imagine Classical Dream will go back the stairs route maybe and Tia Poo, possibly a champion hurdle horse, but I would imagine that he needs it soft. Well, Tia Poo is currently a 50 to 1 shot for the champion hurdle with Boyle Sports. Constitution Hill has been cut to 1 to 3 off the back of this and Honeysuckle pushed out to 7 to 1. Um, from your point of view, Barry, sorry, just a secondary question on this. 
if you're being deadly honest, with you being so Constitution Hill for all the reasons we've followed on this show over the last year or so, um, when his main rival essentially gets beaten, from a sporting point of view, I was desperate for her to win so that we could really gear up for this clash between Constitution Hill and Honeysuckle. But from your point of view, being so in Constitution Hill's camp, are you actually, is there a part of you that's like, oh yes, this is, this is great, this is going to be a home kick now for Constitution Hill, if you're being deadly honest with us? No, I wanted to see her win, I really did, and I was hoping for the clash in Cheltenham. Um, but she ran it, she did run a good race. Um, and she ran to probably the same level as she has done in that race last year and was above the level she ran to in that race two years ago. So I think she is a better mare in the spring. She's a better mare on better ground and she'd be better in Cheltenham than those two, I believe. Okay, Tony, do you take a positive... Well, as are you taking some positives like barriers just uh, carved out there in regards to Honeysuckle or was this a big all-over negative for you for Honeysuckle? It's a bit like Shishkin who will come to later. It's based on what they've done previously and what they've done previously will always be a big part of the betting market going forward. So I'd find it hard to take positives with her. Um, I thought she had no excuses here at all. The sectionals compared to the other hurdle races on the card don't say that she was in front too soon. I know she pressed on sooner than the two that beat her. But she thrived on those tactics before. Um, would, always, would often be sent on early and put the race to bed quickly and the others just be chasing her um, so no hard to take positives from it especially in the type of race that she, she's going to be in in the next while she's been absolutely brilliant um, but I think last season she wasn't as good as the previous season and looks if she's taken another little dip here uh, you'd have to give an awful lot of credit to the winner here though who is a serious horse on softer heavy ground I think that's now five from five on softer heavy when running in Ireland um, uh, he Gordon Elliott did the right thing, I think, by taking him out of the Morgiana when the ground was too quick. They know by this point he, he just doesn't act on that, or especially not at two miles. He, he's not going to be able to be quick enough to be competitive on it. It was a, a promising run for, for him. Where he's going to go next, I don't know, because he's not in the three-mile race at Leperstown at Christmas when I checked the entries. Maybe he can go back to two miles, be very ground-dependent, though, again. Um, maybe a supplementary for the three-mile would be interesting. Classical Dream is the horse that's, that's going to be going for that now. Um, I would be against him now on the back of this run for Leperstown at Christmas. He has kind of shown an ability to go very well fresh. Uh, Jane Mangan was, was on the television saying that he was pretty straight for this. He struggled last year. He, he got beaten at a very short price in Goran when he backed up quickly after Christmas last year. So if he, if he was to pitch up at Leperstown at Christmas, which I presume he will, um, uh, he's one I'd like to be taken on. Echoes and Rain was one that ran a kind of an interesting race there. She wouldn't have looked anywhere near up to this grade last season, but when they took the whole um, headgear off her, I think that done a little bit of tricking about with her, her bits and her kind of equipment and that. Uh, she, she was a much better horse, really improved on the flat uh, through the summer there. Now, she is a very tricky customer. She, she's raced with a choke out there for three quarters of the race. But Paddy Mullins was still actually on the bridle when she fell two out. Now, I suspect he was holding on to nothing. Um, because of how she'd race, but I do think there's a bigger performance in her somewhere now that they've kind of figured out the the right headgear and that. And don't ask me where it is. It might be back at two miles, but there's there's some there's something there anyway, and I think she has improved a little bit. 
Okay, something's cling on to. I'm being told by my producer that Tupu is a 20 to 1 shot for the champion hurdle with Foil Sports, not a 50 to 1 shot, because that would be very generous by our sponsors indeed. But let's move on to the Tingle Creek, Tony. Let's stick with you. You mentioned Shishkin already. What were your takeaways from this? Edward Stone, to my, I, I think he was incredibly impressive. And I'm taking low, I'm putting him right up there with Energumin now for the in the champion chase division. Um, because in my view, Grenatine was probably that was his gold cup and he ran well but Edwardstone went breeze past him in fine fashion but Shishkin the big mystery in the race I thought this was a pretty clean well-run race and definitely no hard luck stories and things like that um, the times were broadly similar as I timed them from the, the first fence to the line but the um, Tingle Creek was way slower from the pond fence 2.8 seconds slower that would reflect quite well on John Bond to be fair because he, he was wasn't really asked for any effort after the last so the credit to him on that score but um, you'd have to be impressed with Edward Stone he, he wouldn't have been a horse that I would have um, thought was a, a real champion chase horse start of the season he was a little bit older now this last term um, and he'd, he'd spent a bit longer over hordes and he, he was an 8 year old but, but this was excellent and I think it just proved that his um, his entry form was, was just wasn't through at all he had a very busy season last season where he fell first then he went to Warwick sand down camping back to Warwick back to Cheltenham it was just a bridge too far and you know this is what he's capable of jumped well just just did everything right and as you said Greenatine is Greenatine a champion chase horse probably not but but he's definitely a grade one horse around sand down he was possibly a, a little bit closer to the pace than ideal but but Edward still I think would have beaten him regardless with Shishkin Again, it's a bit, it's a bit like honeysuckle. His past reputation and his past achievements, which are huge, are always going to be in the market, at least for the next, the rest of the season. You would imagine. Um, he has this bone condition. He was carrying his head a bit off to the side there, uh, coming to the pond fence where he made that mistake. At that point, he was kind of struggling to hang in with them. Look, I find when I'm betting, I back enough horses that have physical problems that I find out the physical problems kind of after the race or when I'm watching it. I really don't want to be backing a horse that I know has got a physical problem going into the race. Um, I think Nicky, Nicky, no, it's 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 just you're 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 asking for trouble. Um, and Nicky Henderson may well be able to get get another race or two out of him. I, I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, and maybe it will be up and trip because at Ascot last year he, he needed all of it to beat an argument. Um, and even as a younger horse, the afterburners do kick on late. But I just, with his reputation and with that sort of well-documented sort of issues and the way he's holding himself, I've just been trying to take him on for the moment. Barry, would you agree with said reservations in regards to Shishkin at this stage now, off the back of the Tingle Creek run? Um, well, you would have slight reservations. Um, he ran well to a point, but he was, he was on the back foot. You could see that. But that has been his style last season as well. He, he, he took out of Gascot, as Tony said, to get past the Norgamine. So you generally get slower with age, not faster. So he has stepped back a little bit in that department. But that doesn't mean he won't stay well. So whether he steps up to be a Ryanair horse, he'd add a little bit of interest to that race. And it was even mentioned he's more likely to be seen in a Gold Cup than a Champion Chase. So whether they go the full distance for a Gold Cup, I can't say. But he's got options, but it's going to be over further. Um, as regards the winner, though, you'd have to be really impressed. Um, as a novice last year, he was a good, solid novice. 
Did I see him step up to that level? I didn't know. And he beat Grenatine 9 lengths. Shishkin beat Grenatine 10 lengths in the Desert Orchid in Kempton last Christmas. So it's a good yardstick. Um, but it was definitely a step up in what he did last year. And he is a contender. But to say that he is an argument covered, I wouldn't go that far. I think an argument wasn't as good as he could have been maybe at Cheltenham. And I thought he was better in Punchestown than he was in Cheltenham. Okay, well, Edward's saying three to one for the champion chase with Ball, Ball Sports, and Shishkin has been brought in at six to one for the Ryanair with Ball Sports. Um, Barry, what about John Bon? It seemed to scare away plenty of his rivals, but could only beat what was there and did it in pretty decent fashion. What did you make of his jumping on the day around Sandown? Yeah, it was a really good performance. Uh, jumped really well. His he was so nimble, neat. And Sandown, Sandown is a tricky course, you know, there's a lot of fences coming at you quick, especially over two miles, but he was very measured and very accurate, and he landed, he was only on the ground and he was gone, he was wrapping away from his fences, so it was a really good performance, Booth Hill is a decent horse, and he chased him into the straight, and for a second it looked like he was going to get him under pressure, it took a straight or two for Jan Bonforda after Burners to kick in, but he pulled away and, and won comfortably, so no, it was a really good performance, um, you'd have to be really happy with him, and you know, he stays well and has pace, lots of class, so no, lots to like. And there's stars out in force on Saturday, um, all across the UK, and so we're going to bounce up to Aintree, where we got to see the Grand National winner, Tony and Noble Yates, in the Many Clouds chase, and all of a sudden we're talking about this horse going from winning a Grand National last season to now being a 12-1 to shot with ball sports for the Gold Cup, off the back of winning the Many Clouds. Uh, did you expect that sort of performance from him in a Many Clouds? Um, no, because it's kind of be at the tin end of his st stamina, and you know the bare form of that run um, wouldn't be anything to get excited about. But he just looks like a horse that, when, when stamina is brought into play a bit further, he'll thrive. The way he picked up uh, between the second last and the last was highly impressive, and there are reasons why he he will keep improving. Um, his jumping last season as a novice was, was terribly up and down, and more down to be honest. Um, but it seems to have gotten sharper at Wexford and at the entry here at the last day, you know, I think there was one mistake, but bar that, he was pretty good. And also the fact that he, he combined a bumper and a hurdle season together, he, he was sent very, very quickly over fences, so he does have more scope to improve, uh, you know, that he is that kind of young horse. And he also achieved probably the impossible last season, winning the Grand National as a novice. Um, I know it's not the Grand National of old, but he, but he still got the job done. No, I thought it's a very likely performance with a view to come back into those um, open grade one chases. He's something a little bit different and all that type of stuff. Look, with Emmett Mullins, like the, the, the rules kind of go out the window a bit with, in terms of campaigning and stuff like that. Um, you know, they, they, they do kind of stuff that would appear very queer on the outside, but it's 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 successful. You know, they, they do mix things up and, you know, it was quite enjoyable. Brian Gleeson was interviewing him after the... Um, Maryland Giant won the big handicap hurdle at Ferry House today and Brian Leeson I think he used the metaphor of a jigsaw and Emmett just replied to him yes it is a big jigsaw um, I, I think sometimes Emmett and Paul Bourne and the boys are playing with a 3D jigsaw and the rest of us are playing with flat pieces but anyway um, he's he, he no, no, no yet. I, 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 I think he's a horse that can keep going I, I, I definitely wouldn't be ruling him out of winning an open grade one um, especially if, if you get a bit of soft ground and there's real good pace on it at three miles or even the Gold Cup trip. You wouldn't have any interest in him in a King George, though, would you? Might be a little bit too, might be a little bit too sharp for him, and it's also coming up quite soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, so maybe into the spring. Okay, what about Fasal Vega as well, Tony? Um, 
We'll, we've been waiting to see him over hurdles for a few last few weeks anyway, and he made his hurdles debut, did it in emphatic form, everyone sort of reaching for the plaudits, going wild about the champion bump hero from last season, just coming out and basically showing that he can jump a hurdle, which I don't think was ever really in doubt. But everyone seems to have gone into overdrive about this performance. Were you on that page? No, I wasn't just as impressed as all that. Look, he was a brilliant bumper horse, uh, won all the, the Spring Festival bumpers on, on contrasting grounds and visually excellent. But I, I wouldn't get too excited about this. You know, how, how many of them how many of them were, were trying, shall we say? How many of them wanted to lay up with him early in the race? Not, not too many. That, that's understandable. Um, you, you know, the, the, the horses don't want to be ruining the handicap mark and so on. I think the times of the race weren't particularly good relative to the to the other um the winner of the other division Paul Nolan's horse Joy Omashan. Um overall Nolan's horse was faster and he was the same from three out. So it looks as if Fasel Vega has really picked up from three out and cleared away from the rest. Uh, I think that's a little bit deceiving. It might say more about the ones in behind. Um but look, we know that Fasel Vega can run fast. He's done it before. He just hasn't done it on Saturday here. One little thing I would worry about him, or two little things I would worry about him, he was very free for the first half of the race. I wonder how are they going to adapt tactics when he goes into a better race? Are they going to sit in? Are they going to actually try to make it? And also, he, he, he went to take a jink at, at the tour last, um, which you wouldn't really like to see. You'd like to see him keeping kind of straight. Um, Willie Mullins' horses sometimes first him out over obstacles. Can do things like that. Can do little things that are a little bit queer. Um, like that horse in the beginner's chase on Saturday as well, jumping the awfully out to his left, uh, I am Maximus. But that, that's Vasil Vega. I, I would give a little bit of praise though to Joy Omashan. He was second to him in the bumper at Leperstown at Christmas last year. Paul Nolan has been going through a kind of a bad time. I think this was just a second winner since Irish Derby weekend. He the winner of a big handicap there. But Joy Omashan was impressive here. He didn't hold it particularly well, but I thought he showed a really good turn of foot. Um, from the torn in when he picked up um, Viva De Vito, despite making mistakes in the last two. Look, I don't know, I don't think he's going to be a grade one horse right close to it, but, but at his own level, he's one that uh, can definitely win races, and I think he likes the bit of nice ground rather than the slower stuff. Okay, positive stance on him then. Uh, let's move on to a bit more of the graded action from Fairy House today and start with the juveniles, Barry. Lossy Mouth won the grade three there. Um, Pretty impressive on debut for the Mullins yard and now four to one for the Triumph Triumph Hurdle Division, as you would expect with the juveniles taking a bit of bit slow, uh, sort of hasn't quite developed yet. I'm not sure we've seen some real stars, but four to one off the back of today's victory. Uh, what was the word on the street when you were there today about Lossy Mouth? It was definitely an impressive performance. Jumped brilliantly over the last two, really professional, pulled away nicely, one with a bit in hand, but four to one on the triumph is probably skinny enough at this stage. Um, you'd want to see a bit more and you'd want to know what the opposition is going to be so I wouldn't be rushing into that but as a performance you'd definitely you'd, you'd like what you saw uh, Tony in the Royal Bond um, Marine Nationale one for the Barry O'Connell team Michael O'Sullivan on board Michael O'Sullivan I can put my hands up in the air and say I'd, I'd never even really heard of coming into today and now he's won a grade one and um, the favourite not even in the placings with Marine Nationale beating Irish Point Nash Row Diamond filling in third um, bit of a turn up for the books in the Royal Bond anything that you, you were surprised by in particular here? I think the most pertinent point about the race was the pace they went in the first three quarters of it. It definitely paid to sit off it. They went very hard. The first three home were the last three going down the back straight. Um, Marine National at one point um, kind of ran into the back of Hercule Desai 
knocked them back, which which probably actually suited with with the way the race was being run. Um, Champ Kiley, the favourite, he raced closer to the pace than most, um, and was very very keen. And I suppose you could mark him up on that, but I didn't really like his way of going. He'd need to settle a bit better. He's he's had a bit of experience now, not to be doing that. The winner, um, the winner, the winner did well. Did it well because the ground would not have been an ideal uh, pair of trainer beforehand, and he he made that mistake. The last did very well to pick up from there. Look, a massive um, praise going to Barry Connell here. He went the route of you know using the big name trainers and and all that over the years and, and had plenty of winners, but then kind of went out on his own. I'm sure people were saying he, he was absolutely mad. Um, he was always getting a few winners, but now he seems to kicked on and got, got a, another grade of horse. And, and this lad looked very good going for going, going into the future now. And you know I think some of the connections suggested that up to now that he th they thought he might have been a bridle horse because he'd never really had to come off it. And, no, he came off it well here and found plenty. Also at the Gordon Elliott horse in second ran a really good race of the, the front three. He probably pressed on soon enough. Um having watched his maiden hurdle in Cork and he was coming from the French the French bumper races where he'd won over twelve furlongs and the fact that he went to Cork for his maiden hurdle which suggests he's quite fast, but he actually showed plenty of stamina here because he, he kept finding and, and kept that away. He he'd be open to more progress. Look, the suspicion is the Royal Bond. Sometimes it's not. It's not the greatest of the Irish Grade One novice hurdles. I presume they're going to be going against Fasel Vega in the next while, perhaps at Christmas. I will see where it stacks up. But yeah, it was a thrilling race and fair play to connections. A great winner for them. Yeah, thrilling finish indeed. Uh, if not the finish that many people were thinking of with Champ Kylie not there. Um, Barry, Mighty Potter. I was of the graded races at Fairy House there. I think this was the performance I was most taken with. Thrown into a grade one and just his second chase start. And I know they've always think, thought a lot of him, but I just thought he's really... Um, putting it all together now. He's got fences. I know he wasn't perfect. He's still a work in progress, but I was so taken with him. Please, can you back that those thoughts up? Don't dampen my enthusiasm for this horse. <laughs> no, definitely not. I'd be with you there on that all the way, Vanessa. But I think that's part of the beauty of him, that he is nowhere near the finished product. Um, yeah. He showed that in Down Royal. He was still very green and backward and innocent. Um, he's a big horse. He beat Three Stripe Life in a grade one last year over two miles, so he has enough pace. Um, but physically, he's maturing into himself to hold him. So the improvement he was going to show from last season to this season, there was a massive chance for a big improvement. And you saw that in the finish today. So it was a brilliant performance. He nodded at the back of the fourth last. He, he stumbled and nearly fell at the back of the third last. But that was completely out of a lack of concentration because he was on his own when you see him make that second mistake at the third last he pricks his ears three strides later and he gallops into the home turn with his ears pricked Gallard Desmas Neil then comes alongside him Jack is happy to wait for the company he was foot perfect at the second last the same at the last and he pulled away for a comfortable success again a horse who's only about six or seven lengths behind Lahan Press last season at Cheltenham so it was a good a good standard for the race um, but a really good performance and I'd say a horse with a big big future um, Davey pulling up on three stripe life I, I was I was uh I thought that he just couldn't get his stirrup back, but actually the saddle had slipped. Is that right? Would you have would you have sorted that situation out and carried on riding in the race, Barry, back in the day? 
Oh, definitely, Vanessa. In a flash, it had all that sort and gone. No, it's David. The saddle had moved, so he had no option. Uh, lucky to survive the mistake, um, but was completely out of position as well. So if he did manage to get himself back on board with how he'd like to have been, his chance was probably gone, especially in that level of company. You're not going to make mistakes like that and, uh, and win a race like that. Tony, quick line on the drum more from you. Um, a, were you taking with the winner? And B, what to take out of the race from in behind, if anything, away from the winner? I would agree with a lot of what Barry says about his performance and his kind of greenness and all that. I, though I would place a, a question mark beside the form a little bit. Um, it's very possible he's after beating a three-mile-plus horse that wasn't fit, um, with a horse that didn't handle the ground and toured, and the favourite pulled up. So bare form, I think, is a little bit questionable. Just listen to the paddock people on TV. Gayard de Manil needed it. Um, his two previous seasons, he got beaten on his first start of the season. I expect him to take a step forward from that. Um, I think that the Devils coach him is just a horse that need to get him back over hurdles. Again, I've said this before. He just doesn't jump well enough to, to compete in these chases. And he actually could be quite a decent hurdle if they drop them back over intermediate trips, maybe even over staying trips. I thought adamantly chosen didn't run too bad. I think he finished fifth in the end. Uh, they changed tactics on him, dropped him in. Don't think considered it at all. He made a, a couple of mistakes early, but then he made a massive move, kind of from three out. I thought it was a little bit premature with the way the race had been run. Um, got there two out, coming to the stand side and just flattened out and wouldn't really like that ground either. I think there might be a bigger performance back in him if if they could maybe make the run and back on a sounder surface. Might not be the spring. I suppose the race is probably made from his away off. It's the novice handicap chase at Punchestown, but um, there just looked like there was more to give with him if conditions were different. Okay, uh, Mighty Potter now four to one with Boyle Sports for the Turner's Novices Chase at the festival. Off the back of that, and as we've said, fingers crossed, there's still plenty more to come from Mighty Potter this season. Uh, Barry, quick mention for the Beecher Chase, Ashtown Lad winning another big Saturday prize for the Skeletons. Do you ever celebrate like that over the line? Did you see that shot of Harry Skelton? <laughs> do you ever do that over the line? Um, no. What's Definitely the worst celebration you've it's... ever... What's the worst or best, whichever way you look at it, like the most erratic celebration you ever did over the line? Um, Spirit Leader winning the County Hurdle in 2003. I was probably about... I know 20 yards 30 yards in the line and I stood up to salute the crowd and just as I passed the line I looked to my left hand side and Balapur was a neck down of me and I'm going oh jeez I never saw you <laughs> yeah I, I, I didn't I wish you to celebrate a little bit earlier because I was on Balapur that day and um <laughs> It was an up Monaghan job with, with Oliver Brady training it. Uh, yeah. It was an awful pity, an awful pity. You, you didn't do it a wee bit before. I'd have been brilliant finished that race, actually. I, I would have been tortured. I'd have been tortured forever for that. That was my Mikel Barcelona moment, anyhow. Oh, good. I'll go back and have a look at that. Um, right, Ball Sports Beach Chase, Ashtown Lad uh, wins and Gez Keel back in second. Um, Barry, what were your takeaways from this race? Is Ashtown Lad a national horse? Oh, you'd have to think so. Um, good performance, jumped well. Harry kept him wide for whatever reason, but a good solid performance. He said, "Well, I thought Gashkill was coming to win, and he pulled out more of the winner." And it was, as I say, a good solid performance. Um, and the national is more emphasis on stamina these days, um, with the moderations to the fences. But I was really impressed with Gashkill as a six-year-old, second down the mix in the Sefton uh, last time, only beat the neck. 
as I said, thought was going to win at this time, but didn't. Um, but as a six-year-old, is still open to improvement. Has some great experience around there now. Um, and looks as if he stays well. So I would be more interested maybe in the runner-up because there's a potential for improvement between now and, and the national. Okay. Barry, very keen on the runner-up in the Ballsports Beach Chase from the weekend. And final word, Barry, is going to go to you um, because strong leader for the Ollie Murphy team is now a 25-1 to shot for the Supreme. Novices hurdle with Ballsports off the back of winning at Aintree at the weekend. And just the performance you did want to highlight from the weekend might have, might have been missed by some given that you know there's so much to focus on. Yeah, and he's just, he's a horse I liked. He won a bumper last season and Warwick was really impressive. He was second to Encanto Bruno in Cheltenham uh, last month when it was a slowly run race he came from way off the pace and the winner was sat handy he was beating four lengths I think he's unlucky not to be four from four rather than three from four he was impressive last time he won and it was a good performance at the weekend I'd imagine more um, a Ballymore type I would have thought than a Supreme um, but definitely a horse with potential okay good to note going forward um, Barry we'll stick with you for performance of the weekend please who is that going to this week I'd give it to Jan Bon. I just loved how he jumped and how he went at the line. It was a really good performance. So if you're looking for potential, I thought Jan Bon. Okay, interesting. Didn't think you were going to go there, but all right. Tony, what about you? Performance of the week, please. I'm uh, going to go Gordon Elliott. I think he won basically half the races at Fairy House there. Um, I know it wasn't Willie Mullins' absolute A team, but he certainly has a few good young horses there that you think could compete. But Mullins is bad, the ones Chupu and... Um, the winner of the Drinmore, along with Mighty that bumper Potter. horse, Mighty Potter, just slipped my mind there for a moment. Um, the winner of the bumper on Sunday shaped up quite well. So yeah, I think Gordon Elliott, is, sort of, he said that he's changed things up a little bit this year. Didn't want them just as ready maybe on the first start back, but to improve afterwards. And hopefully they said that they weren't going to be running and empty in the last month of the season. So seems to have gone to plan so far. It'd be interesting to see how they're going to carry it through. Okay, those were the boys' performances and reflections of the weekend just gone. But now we can hear from Boyle Sports' own Leon Blanche to see how what they made of the weekend's action. Well, what an eventful weekend we had of National Hunt Racing. I'm going to start off on Saturday and look at Sandown, where Tingle Creek winner Edward Stone was mightily impressive indeed. He showed a lot of turn of pace from the last fence to the finish line. Subsequently, the Alan King trained runner is now a 3-1 to one chance, second favourite behind Energamine, who is the current 6-4 to favourite to win the champion chase at the Cheltenham Festival in March. Noble Yates, how impressive was he winning the Boyle Sports Many Clouds at Aintree? Could he be a dark horse for the Gold Cup? We're all hoping in anticipation that he can be and we're expecting Galloping Deschamps maybe to make his seasonal debut at Punchestown this coming Sunday in the John Durkin. Moving on to Sunday's racing and all good things must come to an end. Honeysuckle, 16 runs, 16 wins. Unfortunately, the superstar mare couldn't make it 17 out of 17. She ran a cracking race. Maybe the rain-softened ground just didn't help her chances. She finished third behind Classical Dream and of course the winner T. Hapu on a brilliant day for Gordon Elliott. Honeysuckle's out to 7-1. to one. Constitution Hill is a 3-1 to one on favourite. And he didn't even have to leave his box. And second favourite is Stateman who is now available at 11-2. to two. The other horse I was very impressed with on Sunday 
was Lossie Mount. This new French recruit for Willie Mullins and Rich Ritchie, 3-1 to one to win on Sunday, is now 3-1 to one to win the Triumph Hurdle. She could be very special indeed. Now, as we're recording this on Sunday night, due to the fact that we're all on the gravy train on Monday, actually, that's a lie. I am. Um, I don't know if the boys are at all. But as a result, we're recording it on Sunday night. And so that means that we are very low on entries or what we think might run at the weekend. But we do have the John Durkin to look forward to. Um, it's probably not going to be as an informative weekend as the weekend just been has been. But if Gallivan Deschamps makes his seasonal debut, then that'll be something to get excited about, won't it, Barry? Oh, definitely. But Willie holds the key to it again. Um, and we saw from the Morgiana Hurdle a couple of weeks ago, you couldn't just predict what Willie might do when it comes to declaration time. Um, but looking at the horse that are there, you have to look at what are their options for Christmas. So the one I think possibly, if an Ergamine was to run at Leperston at Christmas, maybe Fernie Hollow needs to run here. Um, or if Gallop and the Champ was to run here, you're not going to run here and run at Christmas, I wouldn't think so. Maybe Gallop and the Champ, you'd love to see him or Fernie Hollow, but they'd be the two that you'd be, I'm sure they're top of the list anyway. You won't see the two of them, I can't imagine, but um, it'll be interesting whatever he lines up. Anything from you, Tony, just to flag up at this early stage from the weekend, or are we are we just not not going there, given that we have very little idea of what's actually going to run in what races? No, similar to what Barry's saying there, uh, the Cork race is on next week as well, the Hilly Way, so how is Willie Mullins going to split an argument fairly hollow? Chak and Bourchois has an entry in the John Dorkin as well, he has mentioned him going up and trip, but um, yeah, we're guessing a little bit, and, and it is getting a little bit tight to Christmas, so is it going to be a case that maybe an argument will go to Cork, Fernie Hollow's going to wait to Leopardstown, yeah, it, we'll, know, we'll know a lot more on, on Tuesday. We will indeed. There's also the international hurdle at Cheltenham, a two-day meeting at Cheltenham this weekend as well to look forward to. So come next week, we will have plenty to discuss on the show. But for now, that is about it. But viewers, please do check out the offers from Boyle Sports. They are on the screen right now. There's plenty for you guys to get stuck into. Our sponsors have been very generous indeed. So please do head over to the Boyle Sports website and make use of said offers. They are not to be missed. Uh, but that is about it thank you very much to the boys as always and thank you to you guys for watching and you know the drill by now hit subscribe on our youtube channel uh, like us on twitter give us a retweet give us your feedback anything you want to let us know about please do get in contact with any of us or all of us but for now have a good week that was off the fence Royal Sports has it all. Money back meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and money back all losers offers. And a bet 10, get 20 welcome offer. Royal Sports, this is betting.